I just have a quick message to share with you guys today. I feel like it's a message that it's not going to be earth-shaking, but it will shake you if you follow it. Um, it will change you if you remind yourself of it. Many things we know, but do we practice? And so I just want to go over a few scriptures today that I hope we can grab a hold of at a time when it's so needed. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, uh, it's titled, A Time for Everything. I'm sure most of you uh, are familiar with this passage, and it, it begins like this. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Verse 5, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, King Solomon is credited with being the author of Ecclesiastes. And Solomon was known for having great wisdom, so much so that he had this level of wisdom that really separated him from what people would even call wisdom. He was very, very gifted. Now, if you're of the TikTok generation, he was on X Games mode. So, but when I, when I think about these words that King Solomon so eloquently penned, my takeaway is, is when I compare that to all that I know that it says about God throughout Scripture, I don't think Solomon was assigning or ascribing all of this to God. What I think he was doing is taking the course of a lifetime, reflecting over the human life, and realizing that as we go through life, things happen. Sometimes they're great, and at other times, very tragic. So let's just be honest. These are the strangest times I have ever experienced in my lifetime. Now, that's just from my lifespan. Uh, people that have you know, been around a little longer, maybe they have seen crazier things. But for me, it's one of the strangest times I've ever seen. If 2020 were clothing, I'd return it. If it was food, I would send it back. If it was a vacation, I would ask for a full refund and some vouchers for the next one. If I could rate 2020 on Yelp, can we give negative stars? Life at times can be and will be frustrating, and especially right now it seems to be so considering all that we've been through. For months, we have been locked down in a pandemic. Everyone is next to one another constantly. If you've ever been close to your spouse, it's now when you're stuck at home. Not everybody's stuck at home, but so many people's lives have been interrupted. It just seems that people are at their wit's end. It seems like they're just a little bit irritated. It doesn't take a whole lot to, to get them agitated. I mean, people have been locked up in their homes for so long. The other day, I, I was going to the gym, uh, and there's this uh, gas station nearby that I go to almost every time. And I was just walking inside, and there was a lady in, in there, and I just heard her shout, You didn't see me standing here? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That was not directed at me. 
But the lady, the cashier who was working behind the counter, evidently had been around the back and didn't see her. And I'm like, why does everyone automatically jump to, why didn't you see, like everyone is just on edge and they're ready to explode. I've just seen it everywhere I go. I mean, have you driven in Houston or in Sugarland any amount of time recently? It's like there's always room and there's always a reason that for you to get irritated or agitated. But even in these what I call strange times and when it feels like hell is breaking loose, I mean, have you watched the news over the past several months? Things feel crazy. But if you want to know what our response is in this season, I have news for you. It's a time for grace. Pastor Lena talked about going low. Grace is going low. It is preferring others, choosing others, favoring others over yourself. It's very scriptural and biblical. See, we as Christians are carriers of Jesus, and we can make a difference. Not just a difference in the natural, but a spiritual difference. It's a time for grace. So you don't let yourself get caught up in the frustration and the anger that can so easily ensnare us. Frustration is a, a only it's a tactic of the enemy to stop your momentum. But grace keeps the wheels turning. The solution to the problem is grace. The counter to getting even when someone does you wrong is grace. It's a time for grace. Grace to the neighbor. Grace to the store clerk. Grace to the babysitter, grace to the schools and the teachers, grace to your spouse, grace to your kids. Yes, even grace to your boss. Grace to those you are near. See, don't let yourself get caught up, but it's time for grace. Grace to your family, grace to those who are near and even to those who are far. Grace to those you know and grace to those you don't know. It's a time for grace. It always is, but I'm just here to remind you it's a time for grace especially in this season. It's so crazy. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Masks prevent. Masks are useless. The vaccine is the mark of the beast. That was my favorite. Some places have requirements. Others don't. Nothing makes sense. I get it. It's crazy making. But I can assure you, hear me out. The person ringing up you at the counter or the, the one serving you your food isn't behind some master plan to take away your liberties. you got to know your battles. See, it's a time for grace. Most businesses, restaurants, schools, places of employment are simply trying to do the best they can with what limited information we get. It's very practical. It's just a time to think about what you're about to say. Think before you speak. Don't act a fool in front of somebody else. See, so what am I saying? Give people a break and cut them some grace. See, I know around here we labored over and over about what was the right thing to do. When was the right time to open? What were the requirements we should do? I mean, if you saw the list of requirements, they were pages and pages and pages long. Now, those are great for like big churches, but we had to know what was right for our church, for this body. The guidelines were so measurable, it was hard to understand really what to do. When you make decisions for a group, it's more difficult than when you just make a decision for your own, for your own personal life. 
But as pastors, we were like, okay, what is the best thing to do? Because no matter what you do, someone's going to think you're doing it wrong. Someone's going to think you're doing too much. Others are going to think you're not doing enough. And then others will teeter depending on what day it is and how they feel. That's not a slam. It's just human nature. So we never know what's going to happen or what we should put in place because we're only doing what happens to come out that day. One day, it's this rule. The next day, it's a new rule. Oh, wait, scratch that. We're going back to the old rule. Oh, wait, the old rule is now, oh, go to the new rule. What Now the new rule, there's a follow-up to it. It's cra- It's maddening all the back and forth. So I get it. It makes you frustrated when things aren't as they used to be. When you go to the grocery store and there's plexiglass between you and the cashier, it is so strange. Like what I find the most odd, and this is no slam to foreign countries, but I've been in foreign countries where there's one way in and one way out and it's blocked off, and that's what it's beginning to feel like here. It is so weird. It's like you don't even recognize your own city. So I get it. There are times you have ample opportunities to be irritated, but the answer is for us, grace. See, what's my point? It's so easy, giving our climate. Everything we hear and see around us, it's not too hard to find yourself irritated, agitated, and caught up. We find ourselves responding in situations as one would who doesn't carry the Prince of Peace. See, the world, those outside of of the church, they respond how they respond. We got no say in that. But in the church, scriptures are very clear on that. We are ministers of the gospel, and as ministers of the gospel, we are to administer grace. 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 Come on, shout it out. Grace. There's a lot of things that that encompass grace, but just for today, grace is just simply showing favor or kindness towards others. That means the person you like, the person you don't like, the person that irritated you, the person that said something they shouldn't have, or the person that said something and was correct, but you didn't like it, so then you refused to hear it. See, that is still, there is still grace to be giving. There is always a time for grace. See, I just believe this is something we need to keep ourselves afresh of. We need to remind ourselves. I'm not saying anyone's doing it. I'm not watching what you're doing when we're out of here. Most of us are socially distant. I hardly ever see anybody. But I know that you are human like me, and I find myself shouting at the person not in my car. I don't shout at people. I'm, I'm sort of like a passive one who's in the car yelling like, what are you doing? So like, it, it, there's always an opportunity for us to be irritated. But the lower road, the lower take, is to extend some grace, which is ultimately the high road. It's a time for grace. We just need to remind ourselves it's a time for grace. But let me warn you, once you decide to live and walk in grace towards others, you will be challenged. When I got this, this, the title of this message, I was just driving down the street oh, probably a month or two ago, and God just said, it's a season for grace. And I'm like, okay. Well, little did I know that just around every corner would be an opportunity for me to be upset. I get so irritated with drivers. It's like I say the word stupid probably a hundred times in the car. And I don't mean it. I just say it. Like, what are you, stupid? You can go. Like, I don't know what's going on. People are on their phones. That irritates me. They're like, they're, they're looking. I was driving down the freeway yesterday, or a few days ago. It was at night, so I know what the, what the person was doing. I saw a phone lit up, and they were scrolling through Facebook as they're driving. 
That's what you've got to look out for. So I get it. Things will make you a little crazy. And yes, no one ever said that, that extending grace or showing grace or giving grace was easy. It's a lot of work. But yet, we are called to extend grace to others. Let's show some kindness to one another. See, grace is never about who they are or what they've done, but it is about who He is, what He has done, and what has been given you. See, that's how we're able to give or to extend grace. We can't give grace of our own because it never originated in us. See, we can only give because grace was first given to us. He is grace. See, He supplies the grace. We just have to walk in it. We know grace, but do we show grace? We know grace, but do you show grace? If you're getting convicted, it's not me. That is the Holy Spirit. But I will assist. That's, that's the, the role as a pastor, to assist in the calling out. He is a vessel, and I am pleased to be used. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. If anyone has their Bibles, you're there. Say hello. Say amen if you're just looking at the screen. All right. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Does anyone else notice the sort of repeated pattern? All. Always. All. Everything. Every. I sort of think he's clarifying it, for those of us who don't get it, that there is an abundance that is available to us, and it encompasses all of it. All. Always. Everything. Every. You get it? All. Let's look at God is able. Now, to me, in my humble opinion, I'm not a theologian, I'm not, I'm not a scholar, but just in my opinion, the, the word able really weakens what is intended by the author. See, the Greek word doesn't mean able in the way we think of it. One would have the ability, but they're not sure if they're going to or not going to. It's like if I ask someone to do something for me, like, will you build a, a, a treehouse for me? And they say, well, I'm able. That doesn't necessarily mean they will. See, we get the idea, and maybe it's just me, when someone says I'm able, it doesn't really technically mean I will do it. So we think God is, is, is thinking, maybe I'll do it, maybe not. So it sort of depends on what kind of mood I'm in. See, but what it actually means there is to exert overwhelming, unstoppable power. Does that sound like maybe? Does that sound like he's on the fence about it? He has, God is, overwhelming, unstoppable power for you, through you, and to change the world. This unstoppable power wants to change our lives. Grace abounds. Abounds to exceed the ordinary. I think of the words of Solomon, how he exceeded in, in wisdom. It stood out. See, God calls us to exceed the ordinary in everything we do. 
not just grace, but in love, compassion, mercy. We are to exceed the norm. If you're just living in the norm, I would call you to a higher standard. Not because I say it, because God calls us to a higher place in Him. Cause and exceed the ordinary and cause an overflow. He wants so much grace in our lives that it overflows. God's got so much grace that we could all use it over the entire world at the same time, and there's still yet more. It exceeds the ordinary. With unstoppable power, He fills you, fills us with grace, so much so that it can't contain it. And it begins to spill over your banks, and it keeps on going and going and going. Living in Houston, we're all familiar with flooding. God wants to flood your lives with grace, that it flows out to others. It's not about you, but it certainly is with you. Did I get that right, Kirk? Oh, was it? What was that? Not quite. I never get it literal. I'm just, the feeling is, you know, I'm praying for my memory. He wants to overfill you, that you would flow out unto others overflow of grace. We are to live in the overflow of grace. He has the supply in so much quantity that he will never run out so that you can abound. But it abounds in us, not just for us, but also that it flows out to everything we do. I find it interesting the last two words They say an abundance for every good deed. And when I read that, I think every good deed. It's like this one deed or this one work was good, but the others may not be. But the truth is the way it's arranged in the Greek is that he is wanting everything you do to be good. See, it's a shift in how we think. We don't think one thing is good, one thing is not. He's wanting all things to be good if we just listen and follow what he says. He he wants to bless the work of our hands and call it good. If I say good job, you think that one thing you've done is good. But if I say you do good at your job, it's an entire different thinking. So you do good at your job. Come on, you're good. Grace covers. Come on, we we live in grace. It covers all the stuff that we go through. It is sufficient for everything. There is never a time when His grace isn't sufficient to meet the need. It's always able. It's always ready. It's for you. It's for others. No matter the situation. I think most of my life I struggled with understanding grace. I understood forgiveness, I I got it, but I didn't quite understand grace because I just didn't know how a loving God could love someone like me or think that I was going to be okay. I always felt just unclean, dirty, like I had done the unpardonable sin or whatever. I just felt like nothing was breaking through until I finally got the breakthrough where I understood that grace was for me. Grace covers. It's sufficient for everything. There's never anything that we can go through that His grace isn't sufficient for when we turn to Him. Grace is like a prepaid debit card that has no spending limit. Grace, the gift, is prepaid. He's already paid the price. Grace is a gift from God, and He gives it to you. Just think about this. Grace is a gift. 
But it's not just a gift like you and I might exchange. No, 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 no. It's a spiritual gift. Grace is supernatural. See, we tend to think, oh, I'm just extending grace. I'm just being nice. I'm just saying some kind words. But the truth is, there is power released through you to others when you walk in grace towards them. It's a spiritual principle that's in play. It's a spiritual transaction that takes place. It is no different than when you operate in any gifting that God has given you. When you align yourself with God and function as he's called you to, when you release grace, a supernatural transaction is taking place. He's called us to bless and not to curse. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, when we make the choice to partner with the Holy Spirit, and I know that we're on the subject of grace today, but this goes for any time we partner with the Holy Spirit and we obey and we follow His instructions and His leading. We aren't just releasing an idea. We're not just releasing something we thought of, but in reality, we are releasing His kingdom. It is truly kingdom expansion. Extending grace is a very supernatural thing. Ephesians 4 and 7 says this, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Now, this doesn't mean that on some days he's feeling generous with his grace, and then other days he needs some coffee to get in a better mood, and then he'll decide if he gives you grace. That would be me. If I were God, do not come to me until I've had my morning coffee, and maybe two. Uh, I, um, it's sort of around here too, but generally anytime I'm up in the morning, I need at least an hour or two before I, okay, two hours. Uh, when I worked at the office, Pastor Lena would, would give me time uh, so that I could wake up, because if you call me right when I got here, I probably was a little grumpy. Um, and so, but she had grace for me, so thank you. I've matured a lot since then, I think. This doesn't mean that he's flip-flopping on the amount of grace that you might or might not get. See, it's not like grace is measured like one would do in a, uh, like if you took a test and it was to be scored. And depending on how well you do or don't do is how much grace you get or how little grace you get that day. See, it's not a merit system. Let's clear that up. Grace is free. You didn't earn it. You can't buy it, and there is no way to pay it back. It's a free gift to those who believe. The Scripture wants to make clear that all, all of us, everyone in here, everyone, everyone, all, all, all the time outside of here, everyone, all is given an equally amount of grace through the perfect gift, Jesus. He is grace. Grace covers. When I say grace... I hope that you have an understanding that it encompasses and it sort of includes things like kindness, compassion, empathy, love, understanding. It's like a blanket. Grace just it covers all those things and it's included in there. Grace doesn't just ignore the issue. 
Grace covers the issue. It washes the issue. There's a difference. In John 1, verse 16, it says this, For the fullness we have all received. For the fullness we have all received. And grace upon grace. We got grace for grace. What we deserved was punishment for our sins, but he gets grace upon grace. Well, we, we don't deserve what he's given us, but yet the Bible says it's grace upon grace. It means grace that was given, now grace is exceeding. There will never be an amount that you, you will always have grace at your access. It's grace upon grace. Jesus, full of grace, we received him. Now we too are full of grace. But here's what happens when we think that we have the right to choose who gets grace and who doesn't. Paul asked this uh, to the Romans in chapter 2, verse 4. He said this to the people, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? He was addressing the Jews about how they were responding to the Gentiles being saved. Basically, he was saying, Who are you? to decide who receives grace. See, it's not our job to dictate who does or who doesn't receive grace, only that grace is for all and that we walk in grace. The fullness of the supply is constant, but it certainly can diminish due to neglect. It's kind of like if you have it and you don't use it, it just sits stagnant. It's like any gift. If I don't use the gift of prophecy, it becomes stagnant in me. If I don't use the gift of compassion, it becomes stagnant in me. If I don't use the gift of mercy, it becomes stagnant in me. Stagnant, what's that mean? You just stop doing it. You stop thinking it's necessary. But the supply is always there. It's just about we have to step into it and begin to walk in it. Here's my last scripture, Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Colossians chapter 4, 5 through 6. And this just really spells it out. I don't really need to break this down for you. It really tells you how we are to live. Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says this, Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always, always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. What the heck is grace with salt? Salt represents wisdom. Wisdom. Salt is wisdom. So what is our takeaway? Let our speech be covered in grace, bathed, soaked, preserved in wisdom. The two join together. This is how we are to conduct ourselves inside these walls, outside these walls, to your brothers and sisters in Christ, to those who are, are not saved but yet to be saved. Amen. They are yet to be saved. We claim it in Jesus' name. We just claim that Fort Bend County is yet to be saved, yet to be transformed, yet to be renewed. Come on, yet to be redeemed. I believe God is up to the redemption business, and I am praying that it happens, and it happens soon. He wants to redeem what looks lost. 
a, a society that doesn't believe in redemption has no hope, but He is our hope. And He can redeem all that apparently to our eyes seem lost. But I'm here to tell you God is up to something good. Nothing catches Him off guard. He's not shocked by something that happens. God is moving in our midst and the days of the church are, are going to be even better than they've ever been. And we just pray that the truth of, of His Word would shine forth in our hearts and in our lives. So let our speech be covered in grace, soaked and preserved in wisdom. That same grace that so many of us are quick to give ourselves, we're so understanding when it comes to what we're going through. I mean, you just don't know the day I've had. See, we're so quick to give ourselves grace and just let it slide, but not so fast when it comes to others that we truly love. So let's remember when you're out and about and something irritates you, and yes, you could actually be right, but this isn't about you being right. This is about us going low, and really grace is serving mankind the way Jesus served. It's to bow low. It's to favor them over you. It's to favor them over my right, my right to speak up, my right to say something. Yes, there's a time for that. But there's never a season when we don't need to extend some grace. So when you're out, something irritates you, just remember who you represent. Take a deep breath and extend the supernatural gift of grace to others, especially when they don't even deserve it. See, we deserve nothing, but Jesus gave all anyway. Shouldn't we too give all if he did? It's just a reminder. This message is just to serve as a reminder of what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act. What is our response? Well, the Bible says this is our response. So be nice, and if you can't be nice, say nothing. <laughs> I may not be talking for a long time. <laughs> Honestly, I just say stupid stuff. <laughs> I think Pastor Lena over the years has told me, she'll go, well, if, you, if you're not going to say anything, you might, you, we're going to need a break. It's like, I won't speak for a long time. You just won't hear from me. So I'm going to leave you with this. It's a, it's a meme that I saw on uh, Facebook, and I think that it actually is very applicable to our lives. Um, now, some of this I don't recommend doing it in person. <laughs> it's really meant for online, but you, hopefully you'll get it. So here we go. Let it go. Change the channel. Turn it off. Unsubscribe. Unfriend. Unfollow. Mute. Block. Walk away. Breathe. Amen? Guys, stand up with me. Father, we thank you for the grace that runs through our veins, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that yet we were caught in our sin. You extended grace to our lives, God. That, Lord, we are saved by grace through faith. God, we thank you, Lord, that your grace is unlimited towards us, God. We thank you with unstoppable power. Your grace floods our life, but not only for our lives, God, but we want to let grace flow out through us 
towards others. Let us truly be ministers of the gospel, not just preaching a word, but but actually living, breathing examples of the ministry of the gospel to administer all things God. God, we ask, Lord, that you would show us how to truly walk in grace towards others. That, Lord, we know it's not easy. Choosing grace isn't easy. But we know the price that you paid that we could have grace. And so we ask, God, to open our eyes. We ask that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we would truly want to be transformed, that we would not reject your words or your ways. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a transformed church. God, I pray that in this season, for the transformation of your church, of your people, God, to truly live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Let your church be transformed. Let us in this place be transformed. Let us seek out your presence. Let us seek out your scriptures and how we are to live and model your, yourself upon the earth, God. God, we thank you that your light shines brightly in our hearts. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we just want to say kind things. We don't want to be ugly towards people. We don't want to, we don't want to do things because we have this pinup frustration and it's not even about them but we take it out on those around us but i thank you lord that we will guard our tongues and that we will submit ourselves to you before we say a word in anger towards anyone we bless you lord we bless this city we bless the state we bless the nation we bless our leaders we thank you for godly leaders to rise up in this hour to to cry out this is the way walk ye in it god i thank you that lord we will hear a voice and say this is the way to go father we bless you we love you and we thank you that grace lives in our hearts and that we take it with us and we shall extend it to others as you have said in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen